Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Uh, James Ham, creator of the Kings Beat and our 1320 Kings Insider. Uh, with us here as we get ready for the Sacramento Kings and the Houston Rockets tonight. You mentioned uh, Chemezi Metu a few moments ago. Um, how about that call from from Mike Brown? I thought there was a lot of interesting stuff from your uh, post-game conversation with uh, Chemezi in the locker room with you and and Sean and Brendan, and there was some there was some really, really good stuff there. Uh, but what do you think about the call to go to Chemezi and perhaps more specifically the way he responded? Yeah, I, I think the Kings probably needed to go to that earlier. Um, the thing that I noticed, it, it was, not, number one, he put so much pressure on the rim on both ends of the court. Like, he he's not a great shot blocker, but he does actually have the athleticism to scare people and the length. Um but on the offensive end, he he just puts so much pressure on the rim. You have to be defending him at all times because he's so good in the pick and rolling. He's so good on, on the lob. And so you've got to really, really pay attention to him, which opens things up for other people. You know, there's a bunch of different ways to space the floor, um, but he can space the floor as a vertical leaper in just a different way. And, and so I think that's great. Um, but I also, like, he came off the bench – and instantly got into the flow. He didn't wait. He didn't try to, you know, like look around and have someone try to like get him in the action or set him up. He was active. He had energy. He went and rebounded right away. He got a couple of putbacks. Those are the things that are going to get him minutes. And then the other thing, I, I thought like the reason why Mike Brown went to him initially, and it was, I, you can remember the moment when they, when Mike Brown went to him, they're getting blown out by the Warriors in uh, in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And in the third quarter, he said, all right, go out there. And all of a sudden, they were able to switch one through five. And that doesn't mean that Chemezi's going to be able to defend Steph Curry. But the fact that he can move around on the perimeter and he's not clunky and he's fluid, it, it really does give the Kings another, like, like more flexibility within their defensive sets. And uh, I think what we saw right away that's exactly what he was doing. He was all over the place, and he was vocal, and he's pointing direction. He's telling people, I got this guy, I got this. I was like, hey, look at that. Like He is so engaged in the game, and I feel for Rashawn because he kind of got his opportunity here, and it's probably over for a while if it's not over completely. Hmm. I mean, I think that they will continue to shop him all the way through um, the deadline uh, to try to find a spot that he just fits better. And that doesn't mean that Chemezi Metu is going to be the long-term answer. The Kings could go out and get a different center option, and this whole thing could switch up again. But for right now, I think Metu, not only was Mike Brown like complimentary of him, but in the locker room, um, you know, Chemezi was honest. Mm-hmm. Like, he, it was yeah. put to him. He didn't want to talk about what him and Mike Brown had said mm-hmm. to each other back and forth, but when it was brought to him that this is what Mike had said, that maybe he had got too much confidence, maybe, you know, got a little ahead of himself— um, he was honest. He said, you know, he's, he's right. I probably did probably got a little full of himself a little bit. And, uh, and I think he was served like a big old plate of humble pie. Mm. 
And it's weird to have a player who, you know, is fighting to stay in the league need that. But sometimes they do. I mean, these are from the moment they were, you know, eight years old. They've been the best kid on every team they've ever been on. And so it is really hard. You don't want to take the confidence away from somebody. But sometimes you need them to stay focused. And as soon as he started scoring, he stopped letting he started letting all of the other things kind of slide. And as soon as that happened, Mike Brown just used the hook and said, nope, I'm done. And I, went back to Rashawn. I thought um, I thought all parties, both parties, whatever you want to say, um, handled that the way I would love to hand. I would love to see it handled. Um, Mike Brown made it perfectly clear in, in the post game that both Chemezi and Rashawn have been true professionals through this. Yep. A situation that hasn't been easy. They've you know stayed with the team. They've been professionals. He had faith that they'd be ready. You know whenever they're called on. And I liked him saying that. And then they were asked, Metsu, if, you know, you guys had talked. And he said, yeah, we talked. And then, what'd you guys talk about? I want to keep that between us. Yep. And I think that's perfectly fair. You know, like, that's that's a conversation for him and Mike. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and I would love to know what he said. And who I it might have been Sean who asked. We can ask. We can say, hey, do you want to talk about what it Sean was? Sean would be the type that asked. <laughs> I don't think it was, though. Yeah, I don't, it was I actually Brendan. It was Brendan. Okay, yeah. got you. Yeah, uh, Brendan. Who asked, like, you want to talk about it? He's like, no, I want to talk about it. I thought everything was fine, and and I love that it happened the way it happened, and um, I'm anxious to see what he's able to do moving forward. Yeah, me too. Like, he is a, a very bright young guy, and, you know, he's on a the last year of his deal, um, so, uh, you know, he wants to succeed, and and I think he was asked, too, about, like, how difficult it is it to like go to and from the bench like this. He's like, man, this five years I've been in the league doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Like he's not a guy who has solidified his spot in the league or with the Kings or with, you know, like in general, mm-hmm. he still needs to find that. And that, that comes with consistency. It comes with opportunity, taking advantage of the opportunity and also throw this out too. Like I know Metu did enough to, to lose his spot in the rotation. Like I watched it. Happen. I was watching it happen, thinking, oh, he's not going to be out there much longer. But the job that they're asking them to do is so incredibly difficult. It's like, we need three minutes from you. Three minutes in your first stint. You need to go out there so we don't just get clubbed at the end of the first quarter while we let Sabonis take a rest. And they, they go to that lineup where Fox is there, and then they come back out in the second quarter, and it's usually Fox uh, goes to the bench, Sabonis comes back in, and then they bring them both in together, and then they pull them, they pull Sabonis back out again. So it's not just that you're playing 12 minutes, but you're playing 12 minutes over four stretches. Mm. And so each of those three minutes, you got to go out there and produce and not make mistakes and, and be part of what's happening, the positivity that's happening. And that's even when you know you can't control whether someone else hits a shot or whether somebody passes it to you, all of these variables. And so... Um, it's, it's really difficult. And then the last thing I'll bring up too is the Kings need to show the league that Rashawn Holmes can still play, that he can still go out there and do what he, they need him to do. And just by putting him out there, it's kind of what they did with Marvin Bagley last year where they, they put him out there just for like a five game stretch to say, look, he's healthy. There's nothing wrong with him. We're just not playing him. He's just not part of our rotation. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that was part of what's happened here too where they're trying to show the league that, like, look, Rashawn Holmes can still play. There, There's nothing physically wrong with him. And he was a good player, like, two years ago. Um, so we're not just – we're trying to, like, find a new home maybe for him if we can, but uh, it's not because there's something he's broken in some way. Uh, another thing that stood out in your guys' postgame, at least it stood out to me, was he was asked if – he knew he was going to play tonight and he said yeah and I thought that was interesting because it was it 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 was clear that Mike wasn't looking to the bench grasping at straws trying to figure something out he went into that game with a plan knowing okay what we've been talking about for days now what we're doing here with the second unit isn't working uh, we've got to. We're, we're going to try someone, something else. We're going to go back to Chemezi Metu, and we, he obviously had some sort of 
conversation with him about that. And that stood out to me. And I feel like because we hypothesized, hey, should Mike maybe talk to the second unit as a whole or maybe talk to them individually? I know Terrence only played a couple of minutes. Terrence Davis was running all over the floor in the four minutes that he played. Mm-hmm. And I, I I left with that impression, like, yeah, maybe maybe there was a conversation had with this second unit about what that coaching staff, specifically Mike Brown, expects from all of them. Yeah, I mean, they, they had a big conversation with this group last week, especially the centers. Mm-hmm. They had a huge conversation with them when they, they were worried Sabonis would be out long term. Mm. Like they, they sat down and had this conversation, like everyone is going to have to step up if this is what's happening. And we don't know, we're going to give it a shot. We're going to put him out there. We're going to see how it, how he handles it and all that stuff. Well, sure enough, like Sabonis isn't even on the injury report anymore, which I'm not sure what that's all about, but I mean, like his hand is magically healed. Well, um, Keegan's we, not on it either. And he's right? not on it either. I, yeah. It's, it's very strange. Well, and we it's talked about this. Yeah, we did. It's, it's their decision how they're going to handle it. But um, but at the same time, like, I, I think everyone kind of got the memo. And then, like, Mike Brown has been very clear with these guys. If Namias Keita is playing, he is told during the day in shoot-around, you're playing, we need you mentally prepared, we need you to do this, this, and this. This is what your job is tonight. And, like, it's very clear. And I, I think every single one of these guys, like, have, have had long conversations with Mike and with their particular uh, assistant that they work with mm-hmm. about what their role can, will be from one night to the next and what's expected of them. And each of them know. And then they also reassess at a certain point in the season. They bring him back in and say, look, this is, we're still looking for this, this, and this, but why don't we add this or why don't we take away this? Um, so, like, there's a ton of communication that's happening at all times. And I'll also point out, lastly, that Mike Brown even said, he feels bad for Alex Len because Alex Len is a one guy out, out of this whole group that really hasn't even got an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And he's another guy who stayed ready, who, you know, they were able to throw out there, whether you loved it or hated it. The first half that he, he played against uh, Jokic, he held him to two points. You know, he did his job in that game to get the, to hold the Nuggets in check early in the game and, and let things happen. And it just happened that, you know, no one d- decided to defend Michael Porter Jr. that night. Um, you know. uh, vibe check, vibe check him. Eh, they still seem to love and listen to Mike Brown, right? Oh, yeah. yeah I yeah. just want to check because somebody asked me about that uh, when we were at the game on Saturday. I was like, no, oh, Mike Brown is doing He's fine with these guys. Like there's, there's a little probably thing. a Laker fan that asked you trying to <laughs> trying to trying to cause up problems. I was like, what you talking about, man? Because like, you know I, Kenny associated with a bunch of Laker fans. I, like, I, don't, I don't know. know if I don't know why that. that would be the case. I, I I have no idea why that would be the Went case. Went up to the draft lounge and they were just <laughs> swarming us up there. That was like the unofficial like Laker hangout. <laughs> I think they bought cheap seats and just they 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 bought the cheapest seat they could find and just stood in the draft lounge the whole time. Oh, the draft lounge was crazy, man. We had people, it was crazy. Yeah, people just coming up. I there ain't going just, back. Just saying something. It's like what what did this guy do? Why would you say that to him? <laughs> I ain't going back up there. That was my one and done. Yeah, yeah. but now I thought so. Mike Brown is you know. No, I think he's the vibe. Doing a great job, I think. Yeah, the vibe with Mike is good. Like I, I talked to De'Aaron this morning at shoot around, and I asked him specifically because Mike went on this, uh, this really inter- interesting tangent about De'Aaron Fox and about like sort of the the Spider Man thing, you know, with uh, with great whatever ec- power comes great responsibility. Yes, exactly. And, and so he's saying like, look, there's nothing that. I'm putting on De'Aaron Fox's plate that I don't think he can handle. And that means I need you to be a better defensive player. I need you to set your teammates up. I need you to score when it's time to score. I need you to be better. And he's working with them. And and I asked him uh, about that. I asked Fox about that. And, yeah, he feels empowered. But also, like, the guys on this team, your leaders on this team, are very, very coachable. There are guys that it's okay to yell at De'Aaron Fox. It is okay to absolutely rip him rip him to shreds he will take it he will process it and he'll get better and the same thing goes for Demonis Sabonis like these guys your two big key players here can absolutely take coaching and that's a big deal for Mike Brown and as long as they are bought into him and the way that the vibe is on this team they will drag everyone else through Hmm. I want to bring up another name um and I'll do it with a Will Z stat. We mentioned this earlier, uh, and I teased it and didn't pay it off, so that's on brand with the show here. 
Uh, Malik Monk and Ch- this is from Wilsey. Malik Monk and Chemezi Metu seem to have a strong connection off the bench, and it shows in the numbers. The two of them have played 261 minutes together and have a net rating of 5.9. It's the 14th best net rating out of 62 two-man combos with a minimum of 50 minutes played. Again, uh, that's from our man Will Z, and that came up because we were talking earlier about how uh, Malik and Shemezi seem to have a connection. Mm-hmm. And Kenny said this on Monday, and it became far more glaring to me on Wednesday that 134 points or whatever, the Kings really missed Malik Monk on on Saturday night. Yeah. Um, I I would say this, too. I think Malik Monk really missed Chemezi Metu. I think Mm. so, too. Not to cut you off, we talked about that last week where aside from the 33-point game, the last really good game Monk had had was that Chicago game where Metsu played too. And that was like the last time Metsu was like in the rotation in a good like, way. Yeah. And it coincided with this slump that we saw from Malik Monk. I, I agree with you, Ham. I, I think he did too. Yeah, I would actually like to see if Will Z can come up with the the two man game for Rashawn Holmes and Malik Monk. Get to There's work, nothing Will Z can't do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I think that's the big comparison, like, because that's who Monk is playing with primarily mm. is that, that second big. And, uh, there's a big difference. I, I don't, it's almost like Chemezi Metu is just out Rashawn homing, Rashawn Holmesing, Rashawn Holmes. Mm-hmm. Like the, what Rashawn Holmes is supposed to do is, is basically be a, be a, uh, be a pick and roll player. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're doing with Chemezi Metu in that second unit. They're using him as in a, in a two man pick and roll game with Malik Monk. And I don't understand why that hasn't worked with, with Holmes. It almost feels James and Damien it almost feels like they play a little too fast for Rashawn. Which is crazy because he's super athletic. He's fast in his own right. But you even think about the screens and the the offensive yeah. fouls. Like the, he's not able to be there in time. But it just feels like they're playing too fast for his brand of basketball. It's the the half second rule. You got to make a decision within a half second. That's what it feels like. It feels like Rich is coming down and kind of getting into position and then looking around and it's like you just missed your mark by by like a second and a half you should have already been up top he's getting offensive fouls strictly because the guards aren't waiting for him to get in position because that's not what they've been doing all game long Mm -hmm. they're ready to go and ready to get into this rotational offense like super quick Mm -hmm. and and if you're not part of what's happening you're kind of in the way and that's and if the guard leaves too early you can blame the guard but Holmes isn't getting in position for them quick enough. Mm-hmm. And it's something that like I noticed really early on in the season, but even still like when they gave him another opportunity it's like you still aren't fully getting it and Chemezi Metu you can say the same thing. He just doesn't set the same screens. Like you mm-hmm. watch Kata set a screen, that dude is gone. Like yeah. that that defender isn't coming back. He's being swallowed up by the Kata monster or by oh Sabonis. Or Sabonis <laughs> is just flexing on the guy and like they these guys set huge screens. Holmes and Chemezi Metu, they're both slipping the screen because they want to go dunk. It's like, man, just set the screen. Mm-hmm. Just set the screen and do what's right for your teammates. And it's really hard because all of all NBA players, what they do on the offensive end really does drive their defensive their defensive play. You think Rashawn's done? You think we've we we probably won't see Rashawn much moving forward? Well, no, I, I'm not going to say that because, like, you might not be able to find a taker for Rashawn Holmes right now, and you might not be able to find a taker for him this summer, hmm. just because he's owed. You know, I, I I just I'm sorry, I, I I just meant in terms of his place of the rotation. Yeah, I think Chemezi Metu just earned himself five, six, seven, eight games. Depends on well, well, uh, but then what? Like, well, are they going to go to Rashawn again? Well, no. Just hypothetically, yes. if it doesn't go well, by ideal. that point, you got to look at where you're at in the standings, okay. and you got to look at and see where you're, what you're going to do with Kata, because when we start getting into game 55, game 60, your mindset changes. Are are you still a four or five, uh, or are you now an eight, nine, ten? You know, where are you at in the standings, and what does that mean for your your development of young players and stuff like that? 
I don't think the Kings are going to give in this season. So that's why I would leave the door open for Rich to get another opportunity. But also point out, it took the last time, like Shemezi Metu got 20 games. Yeah. Game 20, he only got the first half before he got the hook and didn't get put back in the second half. But Mike gave him a full 20-game run, not not some little five-game spurt or, or with Kata, which was like a – game and a half (laughs) you got like 12 minutes to prove you belong go and it's like okay he was five for five in that first game (laughs) the second game the first game second one the second yeah it was the first but you know again it's not about the it's not about the scoring it's you know even the five for five he dropped like three or four balls out of bounds on or lost like three or four rebounds right in the beginning yeah he just wasn't like the speed of the game isn't there and the kings don't have time to wait for him to develop and, and I remember understand. I remember what watching him play those games and I think we discussed that on the show like it was just so odd he got his hands on every ball mm-hmm. he just couldn't grab it yeah yeah he fumbled a yeah. lot yeah they were just like they would just like hit his hands and then go somewhere else it's because his mind is moving too fast he's not fully focused on catching watching the ball all the way into his hands and he, mm-hmm. he also makes a mistake that a lot of young players do where you watch Sabonis, Sabonis goes up with two hands for almost every single rebound. Like, you can't take a ball from Sabonis. Mm-hmm. Kata, you can take a ball from because he's just not going up and ripping it down and holding on to it. Mm-hmm. And it's a young player issue. It's a, it's not Is only it are we talking about... No, it, it, we're not talking about just like adjusting to the speed of the game. The speed, the athleticism, the strength, everything is bigger at the NBA level. Mm-hmm. And so these guys... If you're not 100% locked in, I remember like when Jason Thompson was a young player, every single ball he would bring down to his knees. And like, why are you bringing it down where all the guards are at? Like, you're six foot 10, six foot 11, keep the ball up high, get your elbows out so people can't come in and swap the ball. And it took Jason Thompson forever because he played at Ryder. And at, you know, he's playing against lower level college players who don't have the ability to do the things that NBA players do. And it took him so long to adjust. Not only that, but like his feet were facing the wrong way on his jump shots. Like Jason Thompson had a bunch of issues to work out as a player. And I'd say the same thing about Keita. Like he has a bunch of issues because he played at Utah State. And it's not just, it's not going from Kentucky to the NBA. It's going from a a much smaller school against much smaller competition uh, and trying to make that adjustment on the fly. How long? Real quick, Casey. Oh, yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, we've got tickets to see uh, the Sacramento Kings take on Toronto on January 25th. You want to get your hands on those? Caller number three right now, 916-909-1320. We'll get you all set up again. The Sacramento Kings uh, take on Canada January 25th uh, here at the Golden One Center. Caller number three, 916-909-1320. I was just going to ask, um, how long in a situation like Kate's situation, how long would you give him if you were the Kings? Like, is this a, a two-year project, three-year project, four, five-year project? For Kata? Like, yeah. Oh, man. Like, first of all, you're going to have to give him a contract this summer because he's been on a 2A for two years in a row. And you can go up to three years. You can't go three years at one time, but you can give a player up to three years on a two-way. Um, but, man, I... Like if you're gonna make this happen, you got to give them a two year deal. You you have to know that the big men like really come into their own at 25, and that's just that's historically throughout the league. On occasion, there's some, you know, some player that gets it like way earlier. But you know, go back and look at Joel Embiid. He sat out what two and a half years to start his career, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until he got to a certain point where his you know everything starts to click at the NBA level. I would give him, I would give him a two year deal like on the regular roster mm-hmm. with the hopes that you can develop him. Um, but also with the understanding that part of it's non guaranteed and that if it doesn't work out next year, you know, maybe there comes a point where you start to back off of it and, and you start to look at other options, but I don't know. Like, I like, I see the potential in him. Um, and I watch him at the G league level and he dominates and that's what you want to see. Like yeah. if you put a player in the G league and he's averaging 12 and eight, then that's you're not going to keep going. You're you're not pressing forward. But Kata, you put him at the G League level, and he's averaging almost twenty points and and nine rebounds and three and a half blocks or two blocks a game. You know, like he's impactful and three assists a game. So there there are things that when you see him play, 
You just have to know that he's not ready for the level of competition and your team isn't ready to give him enough time to develop right now. And that's one of the harder things for him. Is this just no room for Keon Ellis? Not yet, but like Keon Ellis, in my opinion, is going to be part of this. Like, look at next year. Mm -hmm. I mean, Terrence Davis is in the final year of his contract. Um, You know, even like P.J. Dozier. What you're getting with P.J. Dozier is Keon Ellis, but like the mature version. Like the one that's already played NBA games and already played in the playoffs and already understands what it takes. Keon Ellis is learning what it is to be an NBA player. Mm-hmm. And, and not even that, he's learning what it's like to be a G League player. Uh, but I think Keon Ellis has a ton of potential as like a 3 and D like disruptor guy. And I there will come a, a point somewhere in, in the future where he actually, you know, figures it out. Like if you look at him and Jemias Ramsey, Jemias Ramsey isn't going to make it like with the Kings at that age because he came into the league as like a 19-year-old super athlete who still thinks he can be Vince Carter, right? Keon Ellis knows exactly who he is. This is the player they want him to be is the exact same player he was at the college level. They need him to be a role player who knocks down three-point shots and who defends at a crazy high level. And he can be that, and he already has a mentality for it. His transition to the league is going to be much, much easier than a Jemias or, you know, like it's always like the Dante Green thing. Dante Green had so much potential, but never really could figure out that he was never going to get to be like a 20-shot-per-game guy. Mm-hmm. And, like, he couldn't harness what his talent was. Let's come back. We'll talk more uh, with James Ham, and we'll talk about uh, the Sacramento Kings and the Houston Rockets tonight at the Golden One Center when we return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. D'Lo and KC. D'Lo and KC continues on ESPN thirteen twenty. Now, wh- what did what did I do wrong? What did I see wrong? What the hell just happened? It is what it is. A little a little tenth inning. We was just having fun, and all of a sudden, you like your your whole just everything. Sh- the tone got dark. Well, poor Gabe Kapler. He's going to be without a job. <sighs> the team stinks, and they're going to blame him first. Just out of nowhere. Literally came out of nowhere. Out of should, nowhere. Be, should be Farhan getting fired first. Yeah. Well, it should be. Something just got They're going like, to blame Gabe. They were blaming Gabe last year. Their roster was garbage. <laughs> who, else, who was he supposed to put in the game? He can't go to Duvall in, in the sixth inning. Well, no, it's not a good strategy. 
He tried that one time too, and they still lost the game. <laughs> you okay? That's funny. I saw the Kaplan. It reminded me of the Giants. Carlos what it reminded you of? Carlos. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> Carlos, Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa back with okay. the Twins for 200 so, mil. I had, so, uh, okay. So I was thinking about this yesterday after the show ended. And, 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 and then obviously physical pat, all that stuff came up today. That deal was done yesterday. And I think the idea was like, look, you've seen this. You already know what it is. Mm-hmm. You could sit six years, 200. There's no physical. We're not going through this whole circus again. Like you have the, it's a done deal. I think it was a done deal yesterday. Oh yeah. They just, they just. I don't even know that the dude took a physical today. I can imagine that. They yeah. said he passed his physical, but I'm not sure. I'm kind of with you. I'm not sure that I fully. Hey, step up these stairs. You pass. <laughs> step to the right. <laughs> <laughs> One step to the right. There you go. Good job. Good. Um, yeah. I mean, Giants could have done that. Six years, two hundred million. Brandon Belt going to the Blue Jays. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. You know the right. the Seems Kings play the Rockets tonight with Kevin Porter, right? Kevin Porter Kevin Jr. Porter Jr. He has um some really crazy. So he signed this mega deal, right? He got. Uh, uh, this year he makes three point two, but next year eighteen point two, eighteen point two, eighteen point two, and eighteen point two. The next four years. So what is that? Thirty seventy two million, right? Yeah, I'm doing the math. Yeah. Okay. Seventy three million. Okay. O- over the course of I four believe years. you. Um, but of that money, which I have never seen before, his it's like one million guaranteed, three million guaranteed. Uh, it increases. To oh my six God! He got an NFL contract. <laughs> he did. He got a. How the hell fit. did that happen? So his guarantee increases to one million if he's not waived by July first, two thousand twenty-three. So that mm. entire deal that he has, they could waive him on before July first this coming year, this year. Wow. And not pay him anything for next year, or, or pay him a million. It increases. To three million if he's not waived uh, by the first by the regular season game for the twenty three twenty four season, and six million if he's not waived the date that is five days after the twenty twenty three twenty four trade deadline. Um, yeah, so like his deal is n- like one of the rarest. Brody really got an NFL contract. Yeah, yeah. He did. He's like, hey, this is standard, pal. Sign it. It's yeah. standard in the National Wild. Football Ke- League. Kevin Porter probably. Uh... Needed an NFL contract. Needed, he, well, <laughs> he needed to prove he needed to prove that he could uh, take care of business first. The yeah. players association is looking at him like, bro, no, we cannot no, we make don't. this a regular thing. No, we cannot do this. This this is a one and done. Don't ever don't don't. don't we can't allow agents to ever do this again. Yeah, no, I think it's totally bizarre. Like I've never seen anything like that. I, I was totally. Caught off I mean, we've seen non-guaranteed years before, mm-hmm. but never anything like what you. Not I've like never that. seen anything like yeah. what you just laid yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, they've hedged their bets uh, on that guy. I remember I wanted, uh, and uh, rightfully so, rightfully so. I wanted Miami McNair to take a chance on Kevin Porter Jr. He didn't do it when he was waived from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for throwing food at his teammates or something. Yeah. Hey, yeah. speaking of Monty <laughs> McNair. Nope. Oh, still doesn't have a contract. Okay. He, Monty gonna get one of them Kevin Porter contracts. <laughs> <laughs> they gonna sign. They gonna sign Monty to one of them Kevin Porter deals where they can let him go after a year. <laughs> I, I don't. It's crazy. I again, I don't know what to say about Monty McNair, but we're okay. going into such a crucial part of the season where it matters. The trade deadline's a month away. It matters. Mm. It does. It matters, and the fact that he could. Be not have a contract at the end of this season or not have a contract like so what do you... oh man this is a bad example mm. wasn't it Mitch Kupchak I don't remember who who signed like someone I think it was Mitch Kupchak who he just went through the last year of his deal and signed a new one in the offseason again it's Mitch Kupchak and it's well, Michael Jordan it's a terrible example I almost I almost like the more I think about this and we see things I feel like this might happen more than we that's, realize and that's, that's exactly didn't Masai Ujiri have that's this situ- situation exactly that's exactly well, I what I was going to I, Bob Myers says yeah he don't have right a contract right and, now. And, but I think that's by his choice but but so it, we don't know that it's not by Monty's choice well we don't maybe you do <laughs> but yeah we don't know that it's not <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't know that it's – I think it's it's the post-traumatic stress disorder coming in play with being mm-hmm. a Sacramento Kings fan and feeling like something good is happening and it's all falling apart. But And I'm 100% of the belief Monty McNair deserves a contract extension. He needs a contract extension. I, I just don't know that it's terribly uncommon in the front office for this to happen. Yeah. Like, I mean, we gave James three, is going to cuss at me. Well, as soon we gave as we go to commercial. We gave three examples, and like Masai Ujiri, yep. if, if anybody should never go into the last year of their contract without being signed, is Masai Ujiri. Now, once again, to your guys' point, I think that was more Masai's thing. He wanted to keep his options open, but I don't really remember how that went down. Well, maybe Mitch Kupchak wanted to keep his odds, you know, his his, his options open too, because I'm sure he has a bunch of them. Yeah, I'll just say like the biggest thing, like we keep talking about these potential, like would would you do this? Would you do that? Would you, like I think everything, every single one of those deals comes with such huge risk reward, right? Mm. So we can look at this team right now and say, okay, are they really a four seed? Sure, in the standings right now, they're number four, but. I think, like, being realistic, you could see the Clippers fly up. You could see the Warriors fly up and, and go right above them and push them down to the, the six, seven, eight spot without even really, like, digging into other teams that have that potential as well, like a Minnesota Timberwolves team mm-hmm. that could figure things out like they did last year and all of a sudden start going on a roll. Um, so, like, I bring that up because... Like, Monty should have, like, an unobstructed view of what is going. Like, he should know all of the ins and the outs of what he should and can and might do. But he should also have the leeway to swing for the fences or to make a mistake here that uh, that might cause you a little bit of short-term damage in order to do great long-term things, right? So, like, we, we saw this team crumble when they, they traded Amon Shumpert a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. So Monty has to like keep things like that in the back of his mind, like the the chemistry of this team, everything else. When that means looking at like Harrison Barnes in a totally different light. Harrison Barnes is an expiring contract; he's eighteen point three million bucks, and you might not be able to retain him this summer. And so Monty's looking at he has to look at him in like with different hats on. He, like if you're a real world GM who's like. I, this year is great. We're having a good time, but this is really about building a contender. Then he should be on the table. Like you should be able to make a move. But if you're him and you're like, okay, if I don't make the playoffs this year, it's very likely I'm not going to be back. Then I might not trade Harrison Barnes right now. I might risk like my one of my better assets, losing one of my better assets for free this off season because I don't want the team to go in the tank and miss the playoffs this year. That's not what this should be about. It should be about making the right decisions to put this this team on a path. And mm-hmm. I think Monty has taken those moves. Like the Sabonis move, you tanked last season to make that move. Like it, you knew it was going to be a difficult move to rebound from, mm-hmm. to like switch everything up midseason. You already knew you were in line for new coach anyways, so you kind of just threw all caution to the wind and made the big swap. But can he do that again? Like, he doesn't have a contract moving forward. So, I, I don't know. It changes my thoughts on what you might do with, with a guy like Keegan Murray. Like, would you be more, like, if you knew that your job was online, would you be more or less likely to trade Keegan Murray right now? Mm-hmm. And the answer is you'd be more likely to trade him right now for a piece that would make you a better team today so you can guarantee you make the playoffs this year. Is that a good move for two years from now or three years from now? It depends on what you're getting back, but most likely it's not. Hmm. And so that's why it does matter. It does matter that he doesn't have a contract. And, you know, he's a level-headed guy. I I know him relatively well. I've had plenty of conversations with him. And I don't think he's going to make some ridiculous move just to be spiteful or anything else. But it's still, like, they've put him in this position. And that's not usually what you'd like to do. Hmm. How about this theory? Monty tells them, I'm not negotiating during the season. And Vivek says, Uncle V, yeah, that, that's, that's cool. You're our general manager next year. You're our general manager for years to come. Get through this year. Do everything you have to do. You have full autonomy of this team. We will get everything worked out this offseason. Hmm? Anybody? Bueller? Could happen. Vivek Bueller? is very focused on winning. 
very focused. He does not like I his legacy too. being this. Being I, what? Oh, uh, being a losing franchise? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, but I, I also you, think you that— You know like, what? Real quick, Jay, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. As somebody who's—I understand what you're saying. Like, if, if you could get—I I don't even know the player, but if you can get a team or a player that would cause you to probably miss the playoffs this year, but it would set you up to be in a situation next year, I don't know if right now where this team is, I don't know if I want to take that chance. And if I'm Vivek Ranadive— all that he's had to endure, I'm not. I'm probably not trying to hear that either. But would you give up the potential to be a four, five, six, seven, eight team in order to be a potential, like long-term title contender? I don't think that's available. Well, but what if it was? If you, it was, if it was, you'd be a title to, con, to contender this year. No, because like if you can look at this thing and say if they're one gigantic piece away, mm-hmm. and and like I'll I'll just I, because I bring him up all the time, but like if again Laurie Markkinen does become available, which mm-hmm. maybe he doesn't become available, but if he does, and you think that he's a perfect fit, not just for this season, but like him, Sabonis Fox could make this triumvirate that could take you to like great heights down the road. What was that word you just used? Triumvirate. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Okay, or let's wow. say let's say that Bradley Beal becomes available, and you're like, mm. okay, man, I like Bradley Beal, or you know, name that like star level player, but it, whether it's a short term deal or whether like, but it could set you up to be something much bigger than you are today. Mm. Like that's the way the game works. I mean. Like you right. could still hang on this year and potentially make the playoffs and and all that stuff, but we're talking about like taking a cultural step back, a a chemistry step back, in order to take a much bigger leap forward. And, and see, and that's I guess where we differ in, the, in in the way we see this thing. You go get a Lori or a Bradley Bill, you're not falling out of the playoffs this year. You're a better team now and moving forward. You hope so. But by upsetting the apple cart and by giving up what you're going to have to give up to go get that trade done, you could destroy the chemistry, the delicate balance that you have with this team and take a tremendous step back. Mm. Now, I'm not saying like you're going to fall to the 12th seed or something, but the potential, I mean, what are you, three three losses away from being out of the playoffs at this point? That uh, Like the playoff picture? Like the Kings, that's where they're at. Like. How many teams in the league behind them have 21 wins just like they do? A bunch of them. How many have 20? A lot. Most of them have. Yeah, like the, the number like 12 team has like, like 18. Like people, people, I understand what people say when they say that, but that's like. That's a <laughs> like week. The, a the week King, for this the, team. The Kings could lose three in a row, and for them to go to the 12 or 11 or anything, like, like everybody would have to win ahead of them. Well, the Kings that lost hasn't two in a row and didn't move. Yeah, that hasn't happened all year. Like they lose three in a row and everybody behind them wins every game. Like that's, they're in a better spot than people give them credit for right now. I know the West is like, I just don't know why they're not playing 82 games this year. They're just not. Yeah. Actually, everybody has played so They're going to be every team below them is halfway through the season. They're going to be at 79. Then they have to make their three up right before the playoffs to see if they get in the playoffs. Yeah. And I'm not saying like Bradley Bill is that person or Lori marketing. I'm saying like, we're talking hypotheticals here. Mm-hmm. We're like, if there is an opportunity to go do something, and I'm not saying like, hey, go get LeBron so you have him for one year and well, LeBron uh, or or whatever, you know, and, and you're gonna you're gonna win a ton of games. Like that's that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about realistic things that are out there that could potentially happen down, who knows type deal. Mm-hmm. But uh, like, you have to have a GM who has who has a long term and short term view. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a job on July, whatever, or June, whatever, then your your view is going to be very much on what's happening today. How do I get from point A to point B? I think there's another. But you're talking about upsetting the apple cart. I think I think there's a component. You know, and athletes don't want to admit this because these dudes are close, they're friends, and all of that stuff. But if a deal gets done and it's a, a you know, we'll 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 stick with Keegan because James is hell bent on trading Keegan Murray. So we'll 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 stick with Keegan. It's just not the case. But okay, but he would be obviously moving him would be massive, right? But if someone comes back and and Domas and De'Aaron are in their little boardroom where they're talking about light the beam and they go, yeah, but you see who we got? <laughs> like it's it if, if if there's a prevailing thought like oh we just got worse. Sure, you screw up. 
you screw up chemistry, you screw up everything. But it, but if you, yo, you said, did we just land Lori Market? That dude dropped forty nine. You see what he did? There's the, okay. Oh man, it sucks. Keegan's gone. Whew. But, but we gonna be all right. Like I don't, I don't. That's think, what we got last year from Fox. It mm-hmm. is like, man, I I love Tyrese. Mm. But we got Sabonis. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what, and it wasn't a disrespectful thing aimed at Tyrese. It was very specific. Like, have you guys seen this guy? Mm-hmm. Have you seen what he can do? Like, they jump on the practice floor, and every single one of them were like, holy cow. Like, I told you guys, the first game, I had got tickets to my son, and he was for my son, and he was sitting down below us in, where our media seats are. And he looks up at me in the first quarter and goes, oh my gosh, he's so good. <laughs> And it was like, yeah, like if you don't watch the bonus, every the hug day, heard around the world. You, you don't know <laughs> like, how good he is. Like, and when you step on the floor as a basketball player, and you, you're all of a sudden you're playing with him, you're like, oh, okay, this is different. This mm-hmm. is totally different. Yeah. Like this season doesn't matter, but this is totally different. Um, yeah, it's an interesting like philosophical discussion on like you know mm-hmm. how do you build, how do you empower, how do you like make sure that your your general manager is on the same page and doing the right things. Like, it, it's complicated, and, you know, but Monty McNair should be worth a whole lot more if he makes the playoffs than he is today. You can't make a move like that and move laterally. No. You have to move forward. Right. Yeah. Like, and that's like, the stuff like that could kill you. Making you, a trade or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, can't, you can't make a, a trade with that dynamic of an impact that is looked at as a lateral move. No disrespect, but we're not doing that for Jay Crowder. Well, or a move that right, makes you better exactly. just today, but short term. Like, like I've I've said it a million times. Mason Plumlee, I, I think, would be perfect for this roster. I would never even venture a discussion on having a Keegan Murray type player mm-hmm. involved in a Mason Plumlee type player. Right. That's I'm not talking about winning that way right now. Those yeah. are moves that we're talking about, like second round picks, expiring contracts, and that kind of stuff. We're mm-hmm. we're not talking about going crazy here. Like, yeah. if you're trading him. It's because you think you're getting way better mm-hmm. right now for a long time. For for you know, like, mm-hmm. and that player has got to be in the the age range. You're not taking him and trading him for a Bojan Bogdanovic, mm-hmm. who is a really good player, even at age 33, and he's under contract for another two years. You're not making that move with a young player like that. Right. You're making a move that makes you better today, makes you better down the road, and which it, you're swapping out someone who has potential for the realized potential. Mm-hmm. Someone who's already done it, already proven they can do it, already stuck in the league long enough, already shows you that they walk on the floor, they know exactly what their job is, and they can do it. Do you think they win tonight? Yeah. I, I think that they showed us that. Do you think that, that that's that was actually my next, do you think that, that what they did against Orlando carries over? And I'm not talking about the 23 threes, like that's a bit far-fetched, but that that kind of groove that they were in where you could argue yeah, I mean or, or or Orlando's not a great team but they're far from what the Houston Rockets are right like mm. being able to rally up in that moment where you need to win do you think that can carry over yeah I think it can carry over and I also think this team has proven that against the teams that are young and inexperienced they can dominate <clears> them <throat> it, it their offense their scheme their defensive schemes, they're strong enough that against the bad teams, not not the veteran teams that are playing bad, but the bad teams, that their system will destroy like a, a team that's not up to snuff, that doesn't have mature players who can yeah. step in and actually do some damage. I like I like Houston's talent. Like we talked about that a lot. I like their talent, but it just the Kings should be too much for them, like you just talked about. Like if they're taking care yeah. of business, if they're running their stuff efficiently, taking good shots defensively you don't have to do anything spectacular keep the guy in front of you you know do stuff like that they're doing that they should just be too much for Houston tonight yeah I mean just about everybody in the league is too much for Houston right now so I mean it's a team that's learning like if you took if you put Keegan Murray on that team he's playing 32 minutes a night he's averaging four or five more points per game he's averaging a couple more rebounds mm-hmm. he's just given so much longer of a leash to make mistakes to do things that are out of the norm to just go in and get statistics where on Sacramento Kings, he's just not being allowed to do that. And that's what their whole entire team is nothing but Keegan Murray type guys. He, he, real quick, Houston has beaten Utah, Orlando, Dallas, 
Atlanta, OKC, Phoenix, Philly, Milwaukee, and Phoenix. Boy. That's wild. Yeah, that's Almost all of those are on their home floor. Four yeah. wins on the road. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate you so much for being with us. Make sure you head over to thekingsbeat.com. Become a subscriber uh, over there to the newsletter. Become a premium subscriber over at thekingsbeat.com. Lots of great benefits over there. You can check out the Kings Beat uh, YouTube channel as well. I know they dropped the podcast last night. Mm-hmm. And make sure you back with us tomorrow at noon on Sacramento Sports Leader. Steelo and KC, James Ham on ESPN 1320. Go Kings! Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.